Welcome to the Legends of Masters show, everyone. I'm your host, Tom Wheeler, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. He is a very talented director, writer, and filmmaker. Welcome to the show, Timo Vorinsola. Hello, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm uh, happy to be here. I love that intro also. A lot of heavy metal. Rock like it out. It. You know, uh, <laughs> that was my, my uh, uh, job before my job, so to speak. I used to be a, a traveling musician and called my okay. old drummer buddy. I'm like, hey, man, we need a theme for the show. Let's, let's write something. There you well, go. It worked. Yeah. And speaking of which, let's go right in next. I, I that's another thing I love about the show is of course there's the main things you're known for. Uh we'll dive into that. But uh you also uh have, have this as well, uh is a musician yourself in your own right. Yeah. Uh you know, you've been doing this for a long time. Uh you know, what even got you started into this realm, so to speak, for music? Yeah, I mean I've uh, we we've had this band which is called Alumusta. Uh, in Finland, and we've been touring around the sort of the Baltic countries and a little bit in Russia and also obviously around in Finland. Uh, it's not very active band anymore, to be really honest. I mean, it's uh, it's a little bit like people have scattered here and there, and it's kind of hard to hard to get them together. But I, I like what we do. I mean, it's it's industrial, and I that's that's the kind of stuff I like. That's amazing. Well, I mean, it, it's, it interests me too because. Uh, you know, there's always a storytelling factor, you know, whether it's movies, music or whatnot. And you guys don't just do it's like a dark industrial music sound. But it's not just like this, uh, um, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, poppy. It's on, kind of on the fringes of things. What is that kind of uh, something that you always um, you're setting a tone and mood wise, whether it's for music or you're create in uh, the realm of film? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think it's it's something I have to say that I'm not a composer so much on that on that band as so I'm more, more a vocalist. But but I think it it does give a little bit of a sort of a different approach to the genre, which I definitely want to also do when I work with the films and do stuff with the movies. Is is try to find something that's that's a little bit of a unique and sort of a a, a kind of a darker twist to the whole whole genre world of films which are you know it's it's a, it's a quite a wild world but uh, yeah uh, but definitely it's it's something that we uh, I, I like to do in film as well is like try to find those little bit surprising and sort of uh, yes. atmospherical uh, approaches to things I love that I love that and you know and it's interests me too because uh, you know the power of short film because most film directors when they start getting into things and, and filmmakers start with short film um, and then you kind of branch into uh, your first uh, feature film uh, or one of them and I just want to know what what is that transition like for you going you know you're starting off you know small and then working on something bigger like that you know taking on that task and and just put your kind of creative sense into it yeah, I mean the the whole thing. I mean the whole story of my becoming a filmmaker is, is definitely that was never really the plan in the beginning. I mean, I always wanted to oh, be. Oh really? The, yeah, I wanted to be a uh, you know in in a band and do that. But truth is, my skills are not very good in the music in the end, and uh, and sort of uh, the film sort of uh, start creeping in bit by bit. I I happened to do a short film uh, at school, which I, I found myself liking, but I never thought that it'd be any kind of a profession. And that film that you just showed, which is called Starbuck in the Perkinning, yeah. it was actually my friend called me and he said that, uh, because I, uh, I have a very loud voice. He said that okay. we, need a we need a director. You have a very loud voice. Would you like <laughs> to try me? And I was like, I have no idea what is a director, but let me go. And I went to the library and you know got a bunch of books. Okay, this is what the director actually does on the set. And I said, yeah, I, I, 
I love that. That sounds fantastic. Let's uh, let's try it out. And uh, it turned out to be really something that I like. And it's definitely the storytelling aspect of the whole thing that that really uh, yeah. made you know, which which I absolutely love is is the fact that you're able to bring in elements that I love, which is music, which is visuals, which is the yes. storytelling, which is the characters and all that, and sort of bring them together. And and sort of found myself being you know uh, you know just liking liking doing that, and that was sort of the beginning. But that was never really the plan. So we did this film, Star Trek in the Perkinning, and it was kind of, uh, uh, it took forever to make like seven years. We were making it, my friend's, you know, basement basically for seven years. Wow, and that was, really? That was terrible, terrible seven years. <laughs> but eventually <laughs> when we released it, it became quite, uh, you know, a surprisingly popular. I mean, it's still a, it's, it's a, yeah. you know, no budget amateur or whatever movie, but it became, started to spread all over the world on the internet, which was kind of early days of the internet anyway. Then, yeah. and, uh, and, and then people were like, okay, so what are you going to do next? And I said, I have, I didn't even think that I'm going to do something next, but <laughs> yeah. now that you ask, <laughs> sort of, I started to think about it and, and then started to venture deeper into the movie world. Interesting. Well, you, you just never really know. You start one path and then others open up. That's so interesting. Um, and this, I think, number one, I've, I've since day one been a fan of yours. Uh, I, I came upon uh, this film right here, Iron Sky. And there's always like these like historical things of like the Hitler and the Nazis trying to get into the UFO kind of uh, designing of ships and stuff. This is a phenomenal franchise and uh, outrageous. I love, you know, Let's do something totally unique here. How does this even come about as an idea for you, for you guys? To be honest, we were sitting in a sauna with my friends because that's what we do in Finland. After yeah. shooting there, you always go to sauna and, you know, sort of have a beer and whatever. And a friend of mine said that if we ever, we were still working on the earlier movie, and he said that if we ever were to do another movie, I got an idea because I had a dream last night and in the dream I was riding a bicycle and on the back of my bicycle there was Adolf Hitler and he was screaming something in my ear and I woke up and I knew that if we're ever going to make another movie it has to be about moon Nazis and obviously we were laughing like all right that's a that's a fun idea but it's one of those ideas that's it's like it's, it's there are ideas that are crazy and fun and whatever but this idea had some visual gravity to it like you yes said, okay moon nazis okay what would they look like and what would they do there and how would they live over there sort of that kind of thing started to uh you know process in our brains now obviously we finished the earlier movie and like i said it became sort of a surprise hit and then people started to ask are you going to do another movie and we were like yeah i don't know but we have this one idea which is about nazis on the moon and uh, we met the producer he was like that's unique. That's special. Oh yeah. And then yeah. he said that okay, let's go to Cannes Film Festival and let's start shopping this one out. And that's basically wow. how it started. Wow, and, and it's definitely one of those things like you're walking by, uh, looking at movies, and it just it catches your eye. You're like, wait, wait a yeah. second. And uh, it was so. And the other thing is that uh, Iron Sky was so visually stunning and so surprising how low budget it was. Um, you kind of go into next. You kind of almost put together your own. Uh, via uh, VFX team, so to speak, to to get these you know, your filmmaking process for this. It, I mean, it was definitely the the only way we could make it. It, it was that that we had our in house VFX team, and we had a very very talented guy, Samuel Torsson, who was uh, able to gather uh, uh, a team of people who started to put the visuals together because. It sort of relied on that. Either either we sell it with the visuals, or we can go home. You know. You're so right. yeah. uh, that, that that was really the 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 one thing that we. Uh, sort of had in our back pocket that okay we have this thing and then obviously we have a crazy idea and we have actually means to make that 
you know, look good and, and, and you know, feel good and, and, and look like a real movie. Uh, and true is, I mean, it's a, the budget is not big, but at the same time, for a Finnish movie, obviously Finnish films are very, very, uh, you know, much, much sl- uh, lower on budget than, than in general you have European movies or especially yeah. American movies. So for that, it was actually quite a big budget. There was a lot of people who were like, okay, what are you guys doing? And, like, how, how do you ever ever think you're going to sort of finance this and all that? So there was a lot of doubt in the beginning that, that we have, you know, no wow. means to make this film. But, you know, bit by bit, it took years and we had a really good producer, Tero Kaukoma is his name, and yeah. uh, he was able to put together... Uh, you know, piece by piece, uh, a financing wow. for the whole thing, and then eventually, uh, eventually, what happened was that we were in Cannes Film Festival, and I can't remember, maybe 2009. We were shopping around with the movie, and we had said already to ourselves that okay, if we can't finance this movie this year, we had already been trying to do it for a couple of years. We're not going to do it. And then my producer said, you know what? We have this sort of internet community. This is before crowdfunding actually happened. Right. So there was no crowdfunding platform. So what we did was we went over, we we, we wrote to our uh, fans on the internet, you know, just Facebook, like, okay, guys, we need your help. Either we're going to make this movie this wow. year or we're not going to make it at all. And then what happened was that suddenly people started to chip in, you know, money. And, wow. you know, we got like, in a couple of days, we got like 250000 together, which was really important. Although it's not a huge part of the budget, it's very important because that showed to the other investors that guys, there is actually a demand for a movie like this, and then that sort of opened the floodgates for us to actually be able to make the movie. Wow, that's that's amazing! Well, without that, you know, you wouldn't have got the attention needed, and yeah, because it was like crowdfunding wasn't really a, a thing much, and it kind of broke ground for other projects that came out. Uh, so, kind of you know, historically speaking, um, yeah. this is so amazing and. And I, yeah, I wanted to ask you in particular about uh, you know this franchise is, you know, we can start with the first film, so to speak. Is uh, you know what is like the biggest challenge making that outside of you know trying to fund it, of course. What was that biggest you know, as a director and putting a story together and and visually, you know, what was the biggest uh, challenge for you? Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, obviously, the the obvious parts are like you said, the financing, and of course, we knew that we we're going to do the we we're going to be able to do the visuals. So that that was sort of in the back so to say already not in the back i mean it took a huge effort but we sort of had the the tools for that but i think the biggest one was for obviously for me because none of us had actually made a professional proper movie in that sense and 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 suddenly we had to start actually thinking this from a much more professional point of view and that took you know for me uh, and i think for everybody involved like quite a while to get us to that place where we were like okay this is you know this is how you do movies properly and sort of uh, internationally and all that, and uh, yeah, it, it's just. I think the biggest challenge in the end was really that that um, we had to convince a lot of people who were asking, like, okay, this. Firstly, Finland, not a science fiction movie country. Uh, secondly, okay. myself, not experienced director. The budget, although low, it's still much bigger than sort of first-time directors usually have like all these challenges started to pop in there and then uh, uh, we had to fight them off one by one (laughs) but uh, eventually we did I mean I can't even tell you exactly how we did it but we we kind of did we were pretty persistent we knew that this is we have to make this movie and then there was no other choice we we didn't go around just testing if we're gonna make this movie we said okay this is what we're gonna do no matter what and then you know bit by bit people started to join us and Make awesome. it 
that's an amazing takeaway. Just, you know, other people that watch and listen to this, uh, not just for filmmaking, but across the board, any, any vocation, uh, you know, that's an inspirational thing right there. It's just like, we, we, we know we're going for it. Just go for it. I, I absolutely love that. And, and what's uh, amazing too is, uh, you know, how do you go bigger than moon Nazi? How, how do you go bigger than that? The answer is this right here. Uh, <laughs> the sequel, the coming race, you go yeah. hollow earth theory with it, man. Like, did you know right away that's what you want to do or, uh, you know, how, how did you go into that? I actually knew, I knew that, that, uh, the moment we sort of set our minds on, on moon Nazis, uh, we knew that, okay, we have to, this is a franchise for us to explore all kind of conspiracy theories. And we thought, okay, what's even crazier than moon Nazis? It's hollow yeah. earth. Yeah. And hollow earth is also part of sort of, it's, it's like, it's the origin of science fiction, basically. So before science fiction is all about space, okay. it actually was about, under the sea, like you go to Jules Verne kind right. of thing, yeah. or it was about stories that there is an entrance to the hollow world, uh, you know, earth and you find all the dinosaurs and all that. So it kind of was there sort of just waiting for us to grab, grab and then we, uh, we said, okay, this is what we're gonna do. It was, it was kind of in the back of our head all the time. Amazing, and is that film from the first one to the second one? Because you know, more no, uh, notoriety for you, a little more uh, foundation built, of course, as a filmmaker. Was that a, a easier transition or just different? Because you're more in like in the studio or a green screen area, primarily in the second one versus that first one. You know, I think it was, uh, the first one was quite a success in, in, in that terms, like it got a lot of attention. So putting it together was kind of easier in a way, like people were wanting to see that movie quite a lot. Uh, so that, the money came together, so to say, the money came together relatively fast, but then the issues become, because also the budget exploded because we, we wanted to do dinosaurs oh, yeah, and we wanted yeah. to do creatures and, and we knew that we we're gonna shoot everything in the studio and like things started to become more and more cost, you know, costly. They just costed more money. And then eventually we were like, all right, cool. Uh, while we were able to gather the money quite quickly, we also knew, uh, then, then things got a bit slower when we needed to get the rest of the money because that now the budget was almost doubled, I think, like something like that. So wow. that that became sort of uh, that that slowed it down a little bit, but we got to shoot quite soon anyway. But it was a different process in that sense. Like uh, like I said, in the first Iron Sky, we were we were shooting in in uh, uh, on location. Actually, you know, half of the movie on location. The other half was actually shot in a, in a completely green screen studio. With this one, we actually did it all. And we build it in studio. So we build bigger sets. We we brought in much more people, much more sort yeah. of challenging sequences and all that. So that made it. Uh, it was kind of a new challenge again. But but of course it had helped tremendously that we had done the first one and it wasn't that that much of that. Uh, you know, in in that sense it was easier and, and then uh, all that. But it, it was a yeah. pain. Yeah. But yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. I think that. I think the post-production in this one actually turned out to be the bigger challenge because we ran into tremendous troubles during the post-production, just trouble that had nothing to do with the movie itself, like financing issues we had, legal issues we had, all kinds oh, wow. of things that we can, you know, piling up. And and that really stopped and halted and slowed us down all through the whole process wow. for, for for quite a while. And that that's the reason it, it while it, we, we got it together quite quickly, it still took the whole seven years to actually finish that movie. Uh, it was, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing. Anything yeah. is done. There's just so much that goes into it, and and hoops you got to you know jump through and things like that. And uh, and the other thing is is amazing for people that also, uh, may not know is uh, it's a trilogy now uh, being in development. 
um, yeah. uh, Iron Sky, the arc. Um, what, without giving anything away, what what kind of uh, details could you get us excited about here? Yeah, well, you know what? Firstly, uh, the arc is is I want to call it more a spin-off kind of thing. It's it's a Chinese spin-off, right? You know, in a sense. So what we did was we went over to China. We got contacted by a Chinese producer. He said that we want to bring Iron Sky to China. They have a story that that fits the Chinese market, which they believe that could actually work in the Iron Sky world. And we read it and we said, okay, yeah, it could wow. work. We have to rewrite that uh, to actually work there. And then uh, uh, I was quite suspicious that whether or not that project is going to happen. But yeah. eventually it did happen, and we shot it. And it turned out quite amazing. Uh, it's still in post-production, though, so it's it's also sort of facing some some challenges in the post-production. But it's but you know it's in in there. It's all shot, and you know most of the visuals oh, are okay. more or less done. So it's not like it's not very far from there. But at the same time, it's 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 a bit more trickier because also this time it's a Chinese film, and I obviously yeah. don't have too much of a you know it's it's a different market and different sort of rules apply when you do film. Okay. With, with Chinese producers and all that. So it was quite a crazy, uh, crazy exploration. But um, I hope we're going to get the film out soon, as, as soon as possible, because I'm actually very, very proud of it. But uh, it's quite different from, from the first two Iron Sky. So that's the reason I, I sort of, it's very loosely an Iron Sky movie. It's more yes. a, a spin off of, of its own. But it still has a conspiracy theory. A story in the background, but uh, that's, oh, that's 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 interesting though. It's something to look forward to, and and you know uh, another thing I want to bring up, and I love that uh, uh, he's in, in throughout the films because he's a legend in his own right as Udo. And uh, you got any interest? He's just just a character. He's a legend. Uh, you got any interesting uh, uh, behind the scenes stories uh, with Udo? Oh God, I do. I mean, <laughs> endless amount of those. He's uh, he's the most sort of he's, he's the best best. Kind of an actor you can wish for your yourself. Wow. So he's firstly an extremely experienced guy, yeah. and he brings always this experienced aura with him. So whenever he is on the show, uh, you know, on the set, you know, everybody th there is a certain amount of respect which is kind of different than than yeah. uh, than, than you would sort of expect. And in addition to that, uh, he's really, really, uh, he's always trying to find something something you know wicked into the scenes okay so you, ne you never make a boring scene with udo kier it's it's really like he always thinks about little things like for example i always remember when uh in the movie there is a he has like a ring in his finger yeah and uh and i always remember he's like him so what i want to do is i want to take out the ring and then i want to suck my to <laughs> Like this, and then I put it back, and it's those kind of little things that he brings there, yeah, which so. create this a bit of creepy atmosphere to to the character he's portraying. But as a person, wow. he's the best, the nicest guy you can imagine, and uh, and you know he's he's in his whatever eighties, I, I guess so. But he's he's not slowing down. That guy is is a legend, and for very very uh, uh, you know earned that legend status. That's really amazing. Good. And, and yeah. just bring you know, a little—that's the real thing, right? They bring that little subtlety. You got the script and everything, but the little uh, those little nervous ticks or, 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 or little mannerisms that go so far in, in bringing that creepiness if, if that's what the character needs. Or uh, exactly. I love that. That's amazing. I love I love that he's throughout the films. Every time he's on the, the screen, it just it just you know it adds so much flavor to it. I um, totally agree. <laughs> And another amazing one we're all really looking forward to, a, a big franchise, uh, is Jeepers Creepers Reborn, which uh -huh. is coming up with uh, the Creeper himself. 
uh, you know, number one, how'd you even get involved in this? Uh, truth is, I was uh, I was invited. Uh, there's a producer, Jake Seal is the producer, mm. and he's uh, uh, you know very. He always knew Iron Sky and was was very excited about Iron Sky and just uh, liked what we had done with Iron Sky and uh, he had been he he had been uh, building up this uh uh script sort of uh, reboot franchise kind of oh, thing uh, so the he he had a he had a story uh, which he then obviously presented to me and my producer he said that uh, uh he would like me to consider this this one as a movie and myself being a big horror movie fan it was of course like it's 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 very rare that that a franchise that is so sort of established franchise lands on your lap and i was like absolutely i want to jump on that and uh, the script was like there was also the the other thing was like i read the script and i was like okay this is clever one you know this there's a there's oh, a awesome. certain clever cleverness to the script which is something that i haven't hadn't seen actually hadn't seen in the uh, in, in before in that franchise and there was like something something uh, very unique in that in that story and obviously the chance to be able to work with the you know iconic character like a creeper it's it's just uh, it was really uh, it's an opportunity I just could not pass absolutely, and uh, wow, uh, and I was really excited. Obviously, what made it very complicated was the fact that it was COVID. So basically, yeah. by the time, by the time, you know, I had the script and we had everything sort of set up, then things started to get tricky because now suddenly the whole world went in complete lockdown, and yeah. uh, we were like, oh my days, how how are we gonna make this work, and and. It was very very tricky, and it's not an uh, uh, not an easy setup altogether because it's a, it's a US UK co-production, which means okay. that we need to shoot something in UK, something in US, and just the fact that I'm in Finland and just trying to fly to US from Finland during the oh, COVID time, yeah. impossible. You know, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. It was it was forbidden for me to fly to US. So what we had to do was we had to I had to fly to Dubai, and <laughs> stay really? in Dubai for two weeks. Uh, just absolutely doing nothing in a hotel in a lockdown Dubai, uh, because from Dubai, you, if you if you are there two weeks, then you're able to fly to US. So that kind of uh, uh, things that that kind of uh, things really slowed and made the production the beginning of the production quite a tricky one. But once we get it running, actually, you know, it actually worked surprisingly well. I mean, we had big sequences, we had big, you know, a lot of obviously actors and extras and all that, and uh, and and. We just did it really carefully with the COVID, and we managed to do it so that there was no, no, uh, no infections. Uh, in, in there, there was no. So I mean, there was I think two shooting days which we lost because of of COVID issues. But outside of that, really, we got everything, everything actually, uh, you know. Well, it was it was just pretty well prepared the whole thing. But in the for for a while, it seemed like we're never going to be able to make this movie because. Uh, but then you know. <laughs> There are ways. There are ways, and then you start to, you know, just be careful and you know, yeah, uh, follow the rules and 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 do it the best way ever possible. And then, yeah, we were just able to make that. But that was, uh, was quite a quite a thing. Super excited about that. It's super excited. And yeah, COVID's been just an absolute nightmare. But being able to work around that is amazing. Um, you know, and that's the other thing. You know, when you do these these film, you know, films, projects, things like that. I mean, it takes years. Uh, to do years of your time dedicated to that. So, like, and, and you do choose such, uh, I love your choices of, of what to do. Cause again, you're going to dedicate all this time to it. What's something to you that just uh, inspires you to just, uh, you know, I'm going to dedicate all this time to making this film. 
what makes you go yes this is the direction you go how do, how do you know like, what's your uh, process for decision making for that yeah i mean filmmaking is all together it's, it's kind of a funny way because uh firstly uh you have to have a lot of uh sort of things moving forward so you have a lot of stories and scripts and and ideas that are moving forward and then you're sort of developing everything and you kind of never you can never even if you, there, there is something that you absolutely love there are so many reasons why it may not happen for whatever reason it has nothing to do with you or nothing yeah. to do with anything it was just like the stars are not aligned right so you never sort of totally okay. know how which which one is gonna uh which one is gonna get but at the same time uh, you have to choose those projects in a way that all of those projects are ones that that if they actually go, you you know that you are married to this thing to two from two years to seven years or whatever, like even up to ten years, I guess. So, so it's like they are. It's it's like you just have to be prepared to en envelop yourself around into that world. And uh, uh, luckily, uh, you know, for me, it 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 has. You know, I like that. I, I really like to be sort of jumping into some world and. And you know, enjoying enjoying the details and creating that world. Yeah, it, it's something that I like to do a lot. But I guess the bigger challenge is is to sort of manage your expectation because so many times it also yeah. has happened that I've been working with a project and I really put my heart and soul on that project, and then something happens and it kind of stops and then sort of oh, evaporates. Man. Yeah. And, you have to be able to get past that. I remember first one. There was a really nice project I was working called Jeremiah Harm, which was an American film, which which I was I, I spent you know a couple of years developing that. Really? We did very nice promo. You can go uh, YouTube YouTube that it's called Jeremiah Harm. Did a nice promo for that. You yeah. know we had a great script and everything. And then I don't know what happened, but it just like then it stopped. It's like it just eventually turned out like this is wow. not going to happen. Really, and, and, we were, and and this is such a bummer. And then I learned that that even though you need to fall in love with the project, you also need to be able to sort of let let it go and move past if somehow it doesn't. Interesting, work. really. So luckily with with Jeepers, it was something like I really pushed very hard that it happens because I love the story and the script and the franchise. But yeah, it's 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 never hundred percent said that this is it, unless you're like. When yeah. parent, you know who has yeah. who has the sort of the say and people you know but but even you know for, for everybody it's it's, a, it's a kind of never you can never completely trust on it so interesting yeah like i said there's so many moving parts to making a film there's so many different you know people and, and you know distribution all this stuff uh i can it's it's amazing anything even gets made and, and put that's out at I all <laughs> that's what yeah. i honestly always thought is like like knowing and knowing how much goes into each movie even the worst sort of you know f class movie you see that that's nobody gonna go see in theaters every one of those movies there's gonna be tens up to hundreds of people who just spend years and years of making and dedicating their time to that and, yeah. and there's so many things you have to have to be exactly right there's no easy you know, there's no free tickets in this one. You just have to, you know, everything needs to be right. right. Then you get to make the movie. And then, you know, you never know what's going to happen with it, even though you obviously want to do your best. But, but yeah. that's, that's what it is. Now, you know, kind of uh, moving like for future, so to speak. So you got some things uh, set to release. Super excited for that. Um, 
are there any things you'd, you'd want to get into in the future anyways? Whether it's music, movies, films, different stories you want to tell that maybe haven't been told, or maybe a combination of, you know, your music into that. Uh, anything, future projects that you'd always want to bring to light that you haven't yet? Yeah, there's definitely a couple of them. I mean, obviously, I want to continue uh, the Iron Sky franchise. So there's, uh, yeah. after the Chinese one, I still have one one in the in the bag, which I really want to make. And this is about uh, Soviets on Mars and uh, oh, yes. yeah, the Russians on Mars kind of thing. Uh, are communists on Mars? Yeah, that's that's the. Because there's a nice little uh, secret ending in the, the yeah, sequel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's that's sort of leading towards that. I'm definitely hoping that that uh, uh, and, and definitely we're working to to make that happen. And then uh, wow. then I'm a big heavy metal fan myself. Yeah, a big horror horror film fan. So. I have this dream project of somehow bringing both of those things together and I have an idea for that which I'm sort of developing at this moment. I don't want to say too much about it because it's right. still in the early stages but it's like I that's that's like that's what I would love to do. And of course I mean everybody loves to do big movies so I'd love to uh, at one point find okay. myself uh, you know working on a on 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 one of those uh, <laughs> you know big big things but again it's it's let's see what what time brings. I mean uh, most important is that that I want to choose projects and work on projects. Like you said, yeah. uh, something you really need to put your heart on it, and and something that I can, uh, you know, that I feel good doing all the time. Like I think life is too short to be doing crappy, you know, right. <laughs> you have just the money. You really want to fall in love with those projects. And that's really important. That I, I agree. That makes so much sense. Um, you know, again, you know. I love that. You know, there's certain uh, filmmakers, actors, musicians, there, there's certain things they choose to, because you, you could just do it for the paycheck or whatever. Uh, I feel that comes across, you know, especially with your work, uh, why I attracted to your work so much and, and many others are, is you you actually feel like it's, there, there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more to the storytelling. And I imagine, you know, just going from like script to shooting it and then the other monster editing, uh, that's, oh. a whole, that's a whole other uh, thing. What, what's when you start going in that area from a director standpoint uh, and for editing, uh, I, I would like to pick your brain a little bit on that and, sure. and see, you know, just how you approach that aspect. Cause it's like its own thing. Yeah. I mean, editing is, yeah, it's a, it's a monster of its own. And, and it's always like, no matter how you write the script, how, how clear it is in your head when you shoot the movie, when you get to the editing of it, that's when you actually make the movie. That's when you start okay. to do it. You, you will find yourself questioning <laughs> okay. everything. And it's it's really like, a, uh, it's kind of, um, it's it's a time, uh, you know, time-taking process, obviously, because you can edit a movie in such different ways and so many different time, uh, uh, styles. And so much also relies on who you are editing it with. Obviously, you need a good editor yeah. Who has who understands the, the the certain kind of flow flow throughout the movie because uh, it's like it, it needs to it needs to feel that it flows and it needs to be like that and obviously the other thing with the editing which makes a uh, trouble with many of my movies is the fact that I do a lot of visual effects and obviously when you start okay. editing they are nowhere there I mean you you have to edit the movie with basically nothing but you know green backgrounds right. and and you don't i mean you can only imagine what's there and then when you watch the movie for the first couple of times and you see no visual effects you know no sound work done and it's all green it feels like oh my god who's gonna want to watch this <laughs> and then you know bit by bit you're like oh now we put this sort of rough versions of the visual effects in there and that that starts to uh work but what i always find out 
to be the moment when you actually see how the film works is actually not the visual effects. It's the first round of sound editing, which really, oh, okay. like, yeah. that's what I, that is like, that's when you see like, ah, so this is how it's gonna flow and feel in the movie. Because wow. then you don't have this sort of, you know, uh, audio goes high, low, hisses suddenly disappears. Right. But actually everything is consistent. It feels like you're able to actually sink into the movie. Uh, and that's, that's funny how important that that pass is. And that's some of the things that I that I yeah. like and I'm, I'm really happy to to actually do the first round of sound editing quite soon so that you okay. get an understanding of the flow of the movie much better than actually even with the visual effects because you can imagine the visual effects but the sound is something that it's there if 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 it's if it's not consistent if it's if it's breaking if it's weird if it's if it doesn't work you're always thrown out of the story and that's wow. uh, very hard yeah. to face on that that that's so interesting yeah I, mean, I guess the best example people could have is like on a, a deleted scene on a blu-ray or something and you see there's no music in there versus mm-hmm. yeah. you know some an eerie noise versus a song or whatever and that's so interesting uh yeah cuz that that literally that makes a lot of sense that you say that yeah. Um, it makes a gel, especially you know, coming from a you know, musician standpoint too. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Well, in closing, uh, kind of in closing here, um, I want to pop this up for everybody, and uh, you guys definitely check out Timo's work. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff, amazing stuff he's done, and future stuff coming up. What I can say is, Jeepers Scriptures is coming out this year, and uh, that's something that I'm focusing quite a lot right now. And also, the Chinese one is coming out. Uh, hopefully this year or maybe early next year. It's a little bit of uh, a debate on that uh, uh, release uh, schedule. But Jeepers Script is definitely coming out this year. So stay tuned. There's going to be obviously trailers and there's going to be a lot of stuff. But it's not yet. It, it'll be a little bit later in the year as we get closer to the to the release. We'll start actually uh, showing stuff. So that's going to be fun. Awesome. And then, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just... Uh, um, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be working on my next stuff. And uh, we'll let people know about that as soon as I get it a little bit better in a, in, in a bit of a better shape and all that. So, but <laughs> yeah, that's quite a quite a lot of it's it's busy busy time in that sense right now. Well, let me ask you like, kind of close a question here. Uh, I always thought this is borderline hilarious um, for the filmmaker. It's got to be like, are you kidding me? And that's uh, usually when you're in uh, press junkets and things like that. It's like um, you just spent years making this film. It's just, you know, ready for release. It's not even really out yet. And they're like, what's your next thing? And it's just like, like, can we enjoy this one first? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really, it, it's funny. And it's, and it's sort of, and it's really expected. Like the problem is, I mean, with the film world is like when the film is released, uh, the, the, the lifetime of a movie is actually, it's getting shorter and shorter. So it obviously oh, used to be, it used to be like a, uh, when you release it, you know, for the next month, it's like it's in the theaters and all. That theater window is getting shorter and shorter because of digital distribution, wow. you know, streaming. Right. So basically, what you have is honestly nowadays one day. That's the release day, and then you need to get wow. those, you know, people, you know, eyeballs watching your movie, or it's gonna flop. And and obviously, that's the momentum which you also need to leverage. So if you want to do another movie, that's when it's sort of interesting and hot so you have to have something ready to go at least on some stage uh you know otherwise people just they, everybody loses interest because there's so much competing things going on right now video games obviously millions of yeah. movies tvs nowadays you know tv shows are extremely uh oh, yeah. great. like this there's so much stuff that that is competing for that attention so that attention span is span is so short so that's the reason it's like it's that's the trick it's like like yeah 
in a way you want to enjoy when you have released something and sort of go with that but the fact is that the date's done the date's released it's already getting old you got to have something <laughs> oh. new coming up and that's <laughs> It's, it's just the way the world is nowadays. It's getting more and more hectic. All the time. It's so wild. You can totally see a, a film, a film franchise like Iron Sky, like branching out into like comics, uh, even its own TV series. I mean, like you said, like TV is like movie quality now. Um, you know, have you ever thought about things in an area where people, people approach you about things like that for like Iron Sky, for yeah, example? Sure. I mean, especially with the as a filmmaker nowadays, definitely it's like everybody wants to have their TV show because it's more sort of. It's more uh, consistent, and uh, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's something that goes on and on, like season after season after season. It's sort of like uh, you're able to build bigger stories, bigger character arcs, and and stuff like that over there. Uh, so it's definitely interesting. And yes, of course, we've been thinking about you know RSK TV show. Uh, we've been thinking about all kind of yeah. options we could do with that, or or then come up with a completely different con concept for a TV show. But also, it is a bit of a different world. I mean, film world and the film, yeah. the 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 sort of the, the 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 way the film world works is slightly different than the tv world so it's not like you can just exactly just jump from a filmmaker to become a tv series creator and then back to filmmaker it's like it, it's a little bit different laws and systems over there yeah uh, so <laughs> it's not as easy as you know i i would hope it to be uh but it's definitely an interesting possibility also to to branch out into TV and, and see what there is, but it's yeah, it's it's also diff uh, quite different uh, yeah. process because it's obviously uh, you have to achieve so much in so little time when you do TV. It's much like, denser time, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like it's it's not like with film you always have time to do the scenes and you have time you know shooting days enough shooting days to do because it's much more uh, you know it's it's one hour two hours movie, but a TV show is like ten. 10 hours stuff, but still the budget is, you know, right. the same. So yeah. you, have to, you have to squeeze that in there. That That's that's so interesting. Yeah, well, I, I put my vote in for uh, for a TV series for Iron Sky, that's for cool. sure. Um, yeah. You know, last question for you here is, um, you know, you know, other people watching this, let's say they're a filmmaker just kind of starting out or in that process, and you had a gr amazing points in the beginning on, you know, like, hey, all these things were getting in the way with the first film you're making, but you guys still knew what you're pushing for. There's some uh, kind of uh, tips or guidelines or advice, if you will, you can give uh, new filmmakers uh, starting out. Yeah, I can definitely. I always like to say say the fact that it's it's a uh, it's a game that uh, it's it's uh, it's a um, you need so much patience with that and, and things will come against you you know there's gonna be disappointments there's gonna be moments you know that funding doesn't go through this this script is not you know working not ready you're not there people don't are, are not sort of respecting all of that is is all it's all about persistence you keep on doing it year after year okay. if you believe in something just keep on doing that keep on grinding do the grind and once you are like like that's the only way which you can actually convince people because obviously the question is their, their question is like why should we support you why should we you know finance you why should we produce you why should we distribute you and and as a first-time filmmaker you don't have that that legacy behind you which is saying yeah because i did all this you know that's it's a different right. story right. first time the only question which they're going to be asking are you going to be willing to be behind this even if it's going to take five years ten years of your time if you're not then there's, you know, maybe you want to choose a different, different yeah. path. That's, yeah. You've got to be ready to do it. I mean, obviously, we, we always hope that 
that that that film that we're working on it's it's gonna go it's gonna you know next year i'm gonna shoot it but there's so many things that have nothing to do with you that can go wrong and it delays and delays and delays the question is are you willing to let it you know are you willing to fight for it even if it takes five years even if it takes seven years wow. ten years that's amazing. That's amazing takeaway. That's awesome. Timo, thank yep. you so much for taking time to do the show. Big fan of your work. I'm super excited for your future releases. Thank you so much. It was really great talking with you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed the show. For more great interviews and content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Legends and Master Show. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to go to our website, www.legendsandmastershow.com, and join our email list for all upcoming shows, events, and articles. See you on the next one.